0: This lecture is brought to you by Knox Theological Seminary on iTunes U. Knox is a seminary in the tradition of the Reformation that exists to educate men and women to declare and demonstrate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that this teaching will be beneficial in your Christian life and ministry. If you are to read this and
1: then explain to someone the shape of the repentant life, and how sin plays into that, um, and what sort of sin is in view in relationship to your life as one who is a Christian who's not losing their faith. Um, How would you talk about it?
2: Can we ask that one more time?
1: If if you're, you know, based on this sort of text, if you're describing the shape of the Christian life um, as one of repentance, and as a life in which real, serious sins still exist, how do you describe that specifically Christian life?
0: I would say we are all in grand battle, and that battle is against sin. Mm -hmm. Although we are saved and redeemed by the Spirit of God, yet we daily... To battle against those things that war up against against us, and that's sin and self, Satan, and the like. Mm-hmm. I think about terms of intensity or degrees. Mm-hmm. and You use the vowel which Luther used here too. Um,
2: one of the interesting paradigms about this law of gospel distinction is not just the distinction, but depth. Mm-hmm. Luther kind of says. Well, we got to feel the depth of the law in the church, mm-hmm. and we got to feel the depth of the law in the gospel. Uh, the depth of the gospel in the church—it's not just a matter of doing both or retaining both, but the weightiness of both. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, otherwise, the gospel is not as good news. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luther's—I I think that's one of the, the pivotal ideas in that particular section, which is the burden has to be there, right. And that makes the, the the lifting of the burden so much better. Mm. There's a, I think there's a degree of intensity. The lifting
0: of the burden.
2: Yeah, what the gospel accomplishes, mm.
3: lest the gospel be cheap.
0: Yeah. He
3: says, I hear Luther. Um, in his context, he's critiquing the fact that the penitential system only dealt with outward committed. Actual sins, and not—he never said it, but not concupiscence, Right. not uh, the sin in the members—that's just always there, causing those things to, to happen. Uh, and for that reason, their system of penitence was faulty. Mm. What he's arguing for was that um, the work of law and gospel daily in the life of believer cuts to the heart of those things and is constantly addressing concupiscence. Mm-hmm. Sin in the members, Mm -hmm. the old man, the flesh. Uh, And that's how he defined repentance, not Mm -hmm. merely confessing actual committed sins and sort of getting absolution for this, always staying on the surface. But he says, what law and gospel does is take you deep, which is different.
1: Yeah. A sorrow, a sorrow that's sort of. Sorrowful, even about the state of the heart itself. Yeah, because you know? he says, um, you know, the papacy—they totally removed original sin by saying that it is a certain weakness in nature, what they which they called tinder. Right. Um, so it's not something that you had to. Where
3: did he say that? Um, Sorry. Where did he say that
1: again? Um, I'm on page sixty, which is the first page after the argument starts.
3: Yeah. Right. The tinder box. Mm.
1: I think it's, um, it's good to note that this is consistently talking about um, serious repentance. It's, it's perpetual repentance until the end of life because we always have original and actual sin. Um, and on the page 60, he says, you know, before God, um, even in the pious, grand and serious sins... Um, are, are not always noticed and are, they're still there <laughs> I mean um, that's the kind of thing we have to remember that for Luther in this life of repentance we can't divine our own heart we can't know the depths of our sin and so therefore we can't root it all out <laughs> um, Another one, <clears throat> that's on page 61 on the second full paragraph He says not so before God where grand and serious sins which are not even noticed or felt always remain even in the pious therefore it is always necessary for them to have an eye on the word that convicts of sin yet in such a way that the word of faith is added
2: that's right, I'd call David as an example, <laughs> not the other place mm-hmm. yeah laying out here some will use to say law is pious and the impious, believers and unbelievers alike. Yeah. For the uh, stirring up unto terror for the parts that the unbeliever or the believer do you not know, know Christ to admonish those that do. The admonishment is not as a guide but to stir up to repentance mm. um, every day. That's his last line.
1: Yeah. I uh, I think it's interesting that when he goes to talk about the shape of our repentance and particularly how we repent before God, that what he turns to is the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. Uh, I like that. I saw on page 126 if you're if you want to look at it. Um, because I I don't I've never heard it taught this way. Um, Zach, that's in the third set of theses. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> and it starts in in, in thesis seventeen the Lord's prayer taught by the Lord himself to his saints and believers is part of repentance and is full of the teaching of the law and I I think that's interesting as a sort of um, parallel relationship to the the first commandment um, because the first commandment does come to you as law which exposes your idolatry and the way you turn in on yourself and where you expect good from um, but it's also gospel I am the Lord your God I am the one who is for you. Um, I, I think the, the Lord's Prayer kind of comes to us the same way, if we think of it in this way. because the very first thing we say when we say our, it. Father. our Father. That's we're, a promise. Yeah, we're already oh, confessing promise. that we have um, life that exists.
2: Um, and we're adopted.
1: Yeah, we're, we, are, we are fully in here. <laughs> like there, There's no question of that. But the way he goes on to work it out then, I, I think is just fascinating. Um Uh -uh. because it just takes each phrase and shows how this thing is not fully mine yet and therefore it is something to repent Um, and it it, it works in a different register from the way he describes it elsewhere Um, so I'm going to pull out the small catechism just to give some parallel here
3: yeah, I mean, as you turn there, I just I love this section. Mm. Um, as he goes through each section of the Lord's Prayer, it's just beautiful, and I've never thought of it that way. When he's like Article Nineteen, for the, who asks the name of God be hallowed, confesses that the name of God has not been sanctified perfectly yet. That's just such a a, a dash against an overly realized eschatology. Mm. Um, that we're all, yeah, and this is, for me, this hits home in a lot of conversations I have with a lot of um, charismatic worship leaders who really struggle with sin being addressed in the worship service. Yeah. Um, because, and, and they'll use this kind of metaphor, they'll, they'll say to me, um, Why does the butterfly constantly go back to its cocoon? Your butterfly. Speak of your butterflyness. Oh. Sing of your butterflyness. You're in it. And that's an overly realized eschatology. Yeah. And the fact that Jesus taught us to pray, which is what worship is nothing more than prayers of the people before God, and God was speaking to the people in a dialogue. Um, when Jesus taught us to pray, <laughs> he says, pray as a semal butterfly et cocoon. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, Why does
2: a dog return to its farm? <laughs> I mean, uh,
1: because of know. the symbol? <laughs> because the dog is sinful? Yeah,
3: it's, it's gross. Yeah. So it's uh, simultaneously I'll... hanging on to that steak, dropping it, then puking, and then eating that. <laughs>
2: it's not wrong to desire that, but it's wrong to think that that it's super possible. Correct.
1: Wrong. It, sorry, will you, will you expand on no. that?
2: Yeah. Uh, wow, I was just reiterating what they all said. Oh, okay. I didn't add anything new. To...
1: Okay. Um, I, I want to just read this yeah. as a comparison for the what two ways he talks about this, the Lord's Prayer here. Um,
0: oh, so, uh,
1: one twenty-six. So, you know, Thesis nineteen says, "For he who asks that the name of God be hallowed confesses that the name of God has not been sanctified perfectly yet." Yeah. In the Small Catechism, you get just a slightly different thing where he says, "May your name be hallowed." Uh, what does this mean? It is true that God's name is holy in itself, though we ask in this prayer that it may also become holy in and among us.
3: Yeah.
2: So um, reading in petition. Yeah. And
1: all that. I think that provides a nice nuance to this too, because it's it is petition that points out our need, but it's also promise that comes to us. Right. And, yeah. And I particularly like when he talks about the kingdom coming, because he says, yeah. who asks that the kingdom of God come confesses that he partly still is stuck in the kingdom of Satan that is contrary to God's kingdom? And when he describes this in the small catechism, may your kingdom come. What does this mean? In fact, God's kingdom comes on its own without our prayer. But we ask in that, this prayer that it may also come to us.
0: That's in the second catechism? This is the small catechism. The small catechism.
1: In other words, we need to ask for it in prayer because it shows our need, but it's coming one way or another.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's on teaching on which commandment?
1: That's in the Lord's Lord's Prayer.
2: prayer Yeah. Yeah. Not
0: too long ago, I taught a series on, well, we're we're going through Matthew's gospel. And I have to say, as a teacher, um, that was is is one of the hardest things to do mm. uh, because it guts you. Mm. You see your sin. You don't feel worthy to even speak because it is so humbling. Uh, starting with you know just the Sermon on the Mount, and then. Morse into the Lord's Prayer. And all of those things, hmm. it slays you. And it, it's almost overwhelming yeah. to even try to say that I'm worthy to teach these things yeah. because it's just so rich and so pure and so gospel and so wonderful. that. Anyway, that's just my commentary on it because it just slays you because you know you're not I at all what you need to be.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's the word. I mean The Sermon on the Mount, I haven't thought of the Lord's prayer this way either. I don't think I'm going against anything you said, because it's, it is, it's such holy ground. You want to take your shoes off yeah. before your unworthiness. Yeah. I mean, if there's no Gospel there, mm. you got to cling elsewhere yeah. to who we know Jesus to be, who's giving this Word. Mm. Um, Prayer is full of the teaching of the law. It's just exposing. my You know, each time I make the statement, really veiled petition, revealing my need as my need is being revealed.
1: Yeah, and that, that that's where you know somebody had made the the argument that our Christian life can't be one of sorrow and faith because those are opposites and they can't exist together. One says I'm, I am a sinner and, I'm, and I'm, I feel true contrition about that and the other says but I'm fully taken care of mm-hmm. by God and Jesus Christ
0: mm-hmm. and yeah so you go ahead and teach it.
1: well yeah but you know Agricola said those two things can't exist together because oh. opposites can't exist in the same thing and Luther said yeah that's right because they don't exist in us in the same proportion it's not a one to one relationship Interesting. Um, the sorrow is always Overwhelmed by the trust. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. that, that, that's, the, I to keep coming back to this, that's the really hard thing to get in preaching. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> when you, when you. Um, it's, yeah, if I, you're diagramming
3: the symbol then it might be better to diagram, I, mean, I don't know how you diagram it, but it's not equal, it's not half and half. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, we're going And sometimes that
3: diagramming get, <clears throat> is confusing because, I mean, I've had biblical studies say It's such a farce to think that the, the Christian exists, and inside of them is is bad dog and good dog, and they're always fighting with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's not biblical Christianity. Yeah. Um, and sometimes articulations of the symbol can sound like that. Yeah. But that's really a helpful. Yeah, like, yeah.
2: I mean, this is a conversation. Amend the Simul Eustes kator, just and sanctified is a hundred hundred. Yeah, but similar sorrow and what was the other faith, trust or trust faith. Trust. Yeah, simul, you know that's not a hundred hundred. That wouldn't even be. I wouldn't percentages. One is one, and the other is greater.
1: Yeah, and and, and it's n
2: <coughs> plus one. Well, so there's sorrow plus yeah. always something greater.
1: I want to come back and talk about the passages where he actually discusses this, but the, we often talk about the symbol as total states as you are fully this and fully that. Hypostatic symbol. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. but <laughs> when but when Luther describes it he uses a term synecdoche, which is right. a way of talking about the part and the whole. That's right. And the part and the whole relationship is very important because it's one thing to say the part that is in, within me makes me wholly sinful. It's another thing to say, the part of me that's in Christ makes me totally righteous. Those, those two things are not
0: yeah.
1: uh, equal forces moving against each yeah. other. Yeah,
2: that's good. That's helpful. Yeah.
1: And that's where you get this point where you can say, there are grand and serious and destructive sins in you um, that overwhelm you, but they are not going to overwhelm you in Christ, Um, because that is always the more powerful thing. It's always that that trust overcomes the sorrow, grace overcomes the sin.
0: These courses provide a glimpse into our academic programs. Knox students can take one-week or semester-length courses in person at our South Florida campus, or choose to complete a degree entirely online. By bringing together academic excellence, a vibrant community of learning, and flexible scheduling, Knox offers today's students timeless truth through modern convenience. For more information about earning credit toward a master's degree, please visit our website at knoxseminary.edu.